The Islanders have a winning weekend as their defense and goaltending shine, plus an interesting look at Lou Lamorello and where this team stands as we get closer to the trade deadline. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We have got a lot to discuss on this episode, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic maybe that you'd like us to talk about on a future episode, feel free to shoot us an email at lockedonislanders.com at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with Islanders fans, both game time and any time. All right, lots going on right now in Islanders world. A successful weekend wins over both the Detroit Red Wings on Friday night and the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday night. Two wins at home to at least get this team back on track. Now, of course, one thing we have to say in those two games, the Islanders only scored a total of four goals, so the offense still not where you would like them to be. But the good news in those two games, the Islanders only gave up one goal, so the defense and the goaltending clearly coming through for this team and getting the job done, and and hopefully that is something that will continue. And let's break down these games. First, uh, we're going to start with the offense, because right now there is just one line that is really getting the job done offensively for the New York Islanders, and they scored three goals during regulation 
in these two games. And yes, all three of them were scored by the trio of Brock Nelson, Kyle Palmieri, and Anders Lee. That is the only line right now that is consistently clicking for the New York Islanders offensively. And let's call out Kyle Palmieri for his strong play since the Islanders, uh, well, since he returned to the Islanders lineup. Because Palmieri, realistically, is just, you know, getting the job done. He returned January 23rd. So he's played four games since returning. And in those four games, he now has five assists and is a plus four. I would take that any day of the week. He's also giving you ice time. Uh, Played 16 minutes and 40 seconds in his first game back and then has increased in each of the last four games to a total of 19 and a half minutes practically against Vegas on Saturday. If you add to the mix that he's also taken uh, 14 shots on goal in those four games, which averages out to more than three shots on goal per game. And and look, this team is starved right now for players that are going to put the puck on the net. I think you find that the uh, that the Islanders are just getting a lot of value right now from Kyle Palmieri. Now, again, I do not think that a healthy Kyle Palmieri makes the New York Islanders offense all of a sudden good enough. And I think we've seen that over these two games where the team only scored two goals in each game, and one of those was in overtime. But there's no question that Palmieri has given this team a jolt. And look, he had two assists. He assisted on both goals on Friday, assisted on another goal on Saturday, and is just giving them a little more speed, a little bit more determination. And his return has lifted Brock Nelson and Anders Lee out of their respective recent slumps. So Palmieri being a bit of a a catalyst out there right now, and that is certainly encouraging to see uh, no matter how you look at it. The other thing that you draw from these two games, uh, Ilya Sorokin, a 23-save shutout, on Friday, that was a, a strong performance, although because of the way the Islanders' defense played as a team, it was a fairly easy shutout for Sorokin. I mean, I think I could say there were five or six high-danger chances or chances from high-danger areas all game by Detroit on Friday night. So Sorokin, steady solid, did not have to be spectacular in order to get this team to victory on Friday night. Meanwhile, on Saturday against Vegas, a very different kind of a game, and Semyon Varlamov made 44 saves when facing 45 shots. That game was a lot more wide open, and the number of high-danger chances that Varlamov turned aside was double digits to say the least. So you you look at the 40 
five shots that he faced, at least a dozen of them were from the, the low or high slot area, and Varley came up big almost throughout the entire game. So the defense really helps Sorokin, and Sorokin was perfect, obviously, on Friday. On Saturday, Varlamov getting the job done and just playing uh, at a very, very high level in order to help lead this team to victory. And, you know, I think it raises some questions uh, about the future of Semyon Varlamov, and that is something we're going to talk about later on this week since the Islanders are not in action until a week from today when they resume after the All-Star break. So... Uh, Varlamov playing very well, finally seems to be back in his groove after missing time due to injury. Should the Islanders keep him or trade him at the trade deadline? That really becomes uh, a, a big question that Lou Lamorello and this team are going to have to answer. And we will certainly, again, discuss that over the course of the week. More to talk about on uh, uh, when it comes to this past weekend's games, we're going to break down some of the things that mattered, including Matthew Barzal's big overtime game winner on Saturday. We're also going to discuss the trade deadline and what it's going to mean. A little, Some interesting uh, statements from Elliot Friedman about Lou Lamorello. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day and a lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted just one supplement that would be able to meet all of my daily nutritional needs. And look, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. And it's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Matt Barzal ends up with the game-winning goal on Saturday, scoring at 428 of the overtime, so roughly 32 seconds left on the clock, and it was a big goal for Barzi, and I'll tell you why. Barzal has been slumping badly over the last 10 games or so, and no surprise when your most dynamic offensive weapon is slumping that the entire team's offense is struggling as well. Can't say that's a surprise. 
And for Barzi to get that game-winning goal, uh, to me, that was just huge for the Islanders and for Barzal. It really upped his confidence. And let's face it, he needed that, that jolt of confidence. This was Barzal's first goal since January 5th. You can't have your most dynamic offensive player go, you know, that many games, basically nine games without a goal, and in those nine games, he had one assist, and that was it. Uh, That's not going to work for your offense. You need a great talent like Matthew Barzal to be clicking on all cylinders. And if you saw the post-game interview with Barzi, uh, after he scored that game-winning goal. I think you could see the relief on his face and in his demeanor and the fact that, you know, how much this win and getting that game-winning goal meant both to Barzal individually and to the team as a whole. And I think it's interesting that Lane Lambert, who really does change his line combinations very frequently, and I know he's been criticized for that at times. But lately, he put Anthony Bevilier up on a line with Matthew Barzal, and I think there's some good points and some bad points about that. The good part about it is that Bo has enough speed to stay with uh, with Matthew Barzal. And there aren't too many players on this roster who can do that. The drawback to it is, neither Bavillier nor Barzal are finishers. They both tend to try to pass more when they should shoot. And neither one of them are particularly physical. So maybe, you know, who do you put as the third player on that line? I mean, if he's healthy, is Oliver Wallstrom the right guy, even though he is not as fast a skater and may have trouble keeping up with both Bavillier and Barzal. The Islanders don't have that dynamic finisher. And ideally, I don't mind the combination of Barzal and Bavillier on a line. I think it might help both players. But what you need for the third player on that line is that 25, 30, 35 goal scoring power forward somebody who can get in front of the net, somebody who can be physical, win battles in the corners, and then, you know, shoot the puck. And it can, you can put one forward who isn't as fast on a line with two faster forwards, but it may take a little time to sort of get that player acclimated. So overall, uh, I I think that there is uh, reasons for optimism that that combination can work, but to make it work ideally, you need to have that goal-scoring power forward, and uh, I I think that is something we would really like to see from this Islanders team, and again, that's up to Lou Lamorello, something we're going to discuss a little bit later in this show in our third segment. I also wanted to touch on Samuel Balduk because he has been playing well. Now, he, Balduk, was sent back down to Bridgeport over the weekend. On Sunday morning, 
the Islanders made that announcement that they were sending down uh, four players, uh, three players, excuse me, Bolduc, Rate, uh, Atu Ratu, rather, and Simon Holmstrom. And it made sense. You know, when the Islanders have eight days in between games and Bridgeport has a few games and these guys are not getting as many minutes in the NHL as they are in the AHL, send them down. I am sure most of them will get called up after the All-Star break again to rejoin the team. Bolduc, four games. He is a plus two He's got four shots. He's averaging 14 and a half minutes per game. And I just think each game we see his confidence growing. And he's doing more and more of the little things that you need a defenseman to do. One thing I'll notice, Bolduc has not looked out of place in his own zone. He has not been giving the puck away and coughing it up like some of the other players on the Islanders' blue line. And... I think he's looked solid on the second power play unit, although, again, the power play for the Islanders remains a hot mess throughout, uh, even over these last couple of games where they're just not getting the scoring opportunities that they need. But, you know, for Samuel Bolduc, he's still just 22 years old, just turned 22 in early December, and... That's very young for an NHL defenseman. Defensemen tend to take a little longer to develop. I love what I've seen from Bolduc. He's got good size at 6'4", 220. He can handle the puck. Is he ready for full-time NHL duty? Maybe not. I think as soon as everybody on the blue line is healthy, they'll send him back down. But to me, what he's shown is he's capable, he's ready, and I think... You know, the time for him to be a full-time NHLer, if it's not the rest of this season, depending on what happens at the trade deadline and how he plays both here and in Bridgeport, I think next year, 2023-2024, Bolduc is logically going to get full-time NHL duty, and it's just been great to see what he's been able to do, even with limited ice time over the last four games. So great to see that from Bolduc. And, you know, sending down Atu Ratu and Simon Holmstrom, again, you know, Ratu's playing, what, eight minutes a game, Holmstrom maybe 10, giving them a week to play two, three games at Bridgeport, get more ice time, uh, get more power play time. To me, that is all good. They don't need the week off the same way these over 30 guys desperately need the week off. So to me, it's a win-win situation. And if you need them, you call them back up and everything is great and you move on from there. But some uh, very important wins. And I guess, you know, the the question that the two wins right before the All-Star break brings up for the Islanders is now, what do you do? Because, you know, the the Islanders are right now three points behind Washington in the battle. And Pittsburgh, they're two points behind, but Pittsburgh has a few games in hand. So what do you do? Are you still trying to get into the playoffs at the trade deadline? Are you still trying to squeeze in and go on that long playoff run? Or 
do you realize this team is maxed out? You have to make some, you have to be sellers at the deadline rather than buyers. We're going to discuss that further and break that down. Uh, Plus, we'll have our Islanders birthday of the day. And today's Islanders birthday of the day, the very first player drafted in Islanders history. So all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that making that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. So when the Super Bowl matchup is all set, take a look at some of the bets that you might be interested in. FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So... Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So an interesting uh, quote coming up over the weekend. And uh, this one, again, to from Elliot Friedman. Uh, on the 32 Thoughts podcast. And here's what Elliot Friedman had to say. He said, Lou Lamorello is getting ripped for his inactivity, which I get, but I guarantee you one thing, he's tried. I think he's looked out there for stuff. He said last summer he was going to make some hockey trades. I refuse to believe that he didn't because he wasn't trying. What it says to me is he didn't like what was out there. A scorer? I'm sure he's looked at them, but I'm sure he's looked at Teres. I'm sure he's looked at Tarasenko. I just don't think he likes the price. So that's the quote from Elliot Friedman. But I wanted to give some context on that quote. Yes, uh, Lula Morello probably did make some inquiries about some of the goal scorers that were available, whether it was Kevin Fiala, Matthew Kachuk. Alex DeBrincat, Vladimir Tarasenko, Timo Meyer. Uh, we heard rumors about uh, Jacob Chikrin, a, a defenseman, which I still think is not where the Islanders need to go right now. Uh, but the quote that Friedman sort of brought up was that the asking price, which is reportedly a couple of first-round picks and a prospect, that Lou Lamorello felt was outrageous. And that's the quote. Here's the problem. One of the reasons that the Islanders haven't been able to pull off a trade under these circumstances is because the Islanders' system is pretty depleted. And, you know, the hockey news was ranking all of the teams and where their systems, you know, and their their prospect pool sat, and the Islanders were in the bottom five or six. The Athletic also ranked the Islanders 27th in prospect pool ratings. 
And realistically, you have Atu Ratu, you have William Dufour, who a lot of people question whether or not his skating is going to be good enough to make him a solid NHLer. You have Callie Odelius, who is just 18 years old and a defenseman. And then you have like Samuel Bolduc and Ruslan Ishkakov. Those are your top four or five prospects. And, you know, none of those players, with the possible exception of Ratu, are NHL ready now. And there's not a lot of depth in this organization. And the other thing is the Islanders have been trading away first-round picks in recent drafts to get your Kyle Palmieri's, your Alexander Romanov's. So the, the, when you look at the contracts that the Islanders have on the books and the number of veterans who are earning more money than what they basically uh, are worth right now because they're on the downside of their careers, when you add all of that up, why is it that way? Well, the answer is because of the deals and the contracts and the trades that Lou Lamorello already made. So if I'm the Chicago Blackhawks or the St. Louis Blues and I'm looking to trade a a Patrick Kane or a Vladimir Tarasenko or if I'm the Canucks and I want to trade Bo Horvat, for example, the one thing I know is that I can get better prospects, better draft picks, and more of them from some other teams than I can get from the New York Islanders. And, you know, if I'm looking at two first-round picks and a top prospect, the top prospect from these other teams will be better. And some of these teams may have two first-round picks in one draft that they can get. Or, you know, a first-round pick and two solid young players who you can trade. The Islanders really don't have that, and... If you don't think this Islanders team is one or two players away from contending, you don't want to trade those young assets and those draft picks to stay on the treadmill and be somewhere between 7th and 10th in the conference and either barely squeak into the playoffs or barely miss. As we said last week, the worst thing you can be in the NHL is pretty good. You either want to be a contender or you want to tank for Bedard right now. And being in that 7-11 to 11 range in a conference is like a dog chasing its tail. Even if you catch it, you don't gain very much by doing it. So, yes, I think that Elliot Friedman is right. Lou Lamorello has tried to bring in some players and inquired, but the reason, or one of the big reasons he hasn't been able to pull off that deal is because of the state of the team, and he is largely responsible for that situation being the way it is. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Sunday was the 71st birthday of former Islanders winger Billy Harris, the first ever draft pick in New York Islanders history, scored 28 goals in his rookie year with the Islanders, which was not easy on a team that, you know, basically won 12 games out of 78 that year. Ended up scoring 30 goals for the Islanders in 75-76. By the end of the 70s, his role was being reduced as the team got more talent around him. 
and he was a second or third line forward when the likes of Clark Gillies and Mike Bossy and Brian Trottier started to populate this team. Even so, he basically topped the 20-goal mark every season except his last full season with the Islanders when he had 15 goals and 54 points in 80 games. And in that first playoff run of 1974-75, 10 points in 17 games for Billy Harris, he really was a big part of the Islanders' success as this team went from an expansion team when Harris was all they had to a team on the rise in the middle of the 70s when they became a contender but weren't quite good enough to win a cup. So happy birthday to the Islanders' first ever draft pick, Billy Harris. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. We will be back tomorrow. We'll take a deeper dive into the Islanders' prospect situation and a whole lot more, so make sure you join us for that. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!